buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you doing today? Jim, we're doing great. What is this? Our, what, what COVID week is this for us again? I haven't well, seen you in months. Well, it's been a while since mid-March. We've been on uh, social distancing on the radio. so uh, And we've, we, you know, we've tried to get in and do a little recording in the studio, and they said, nope, can't come in the studio yet. That's right. So they're only letting the people that work there actually in. So until they let us in and, um, you know, you and I are just going to be recording the way we're doing, and uh, uh, that's the way it is. Well, I'm recording from the results superior office right now, and you might hear a little bit of screw gun action behind me because we've got some newer agents in here, and they're installing all their new furniture, and a lot of it has to be attached to the wall. So, folks, if you hear a little weird sound in the background, well, nothing I can do about it. So Interesting. Yep. Remax Results is on the growth. Oh, yes. A lot of uh, stuff going on with both the uh, Twin Ports offices, all three offices. and uh, Right. Uh, I, I heard I that we... we got uh, a, big, a big announcement coming that we can't talk about yet. Right. But, yeah, uh, I heard that one, too. That's very interesting. And, uh, well, maybe, maybe next week. week. I think we'll be able to, to bring that out to everybody. But it's exciting time at Remax Results and, and the growth that we've had as a company here in the Twin Ports. It's just been phenomenal over the last few months. And uh, a lot of the new agents have, have come on board. We just, uh, uh, it's exciting to see, Jim, that they're coming on board and, and they like what the Remax results has, offers them as, as an agent. And um, uh, they are embracing it. And, and I think they, they really, the one thing that they really like too is the leadership. And, um, and, and, and one of the wait, things. Wait, 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 Gary, can, say, I ask, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do, they, do you suppose they like the leadership because you and I aren't in it anymore? <laughs> well, I ah, come on, I think, it's funny. Uh, that's fine with me. Oh, I know. Uh, oh, amen, brother. I hear you there. I don't want to run it either. They can have but it. But I think one it's of the things though. about uh, about you know the Remax Results team, Jim, is that when an when an agent comes over here from another company, it's it's really hard to put this in per- perspective sometimes, but they they have we have a lot of contemporaries throughout the industry and you know like yourself you're you're a very big agent you've been around the business for a long hey, time yeah i lost and, a lot of weight well but but the I point know, here right? is is that they get in into our office and our culture and everything and they start to realize it's like hey there's a lot of really good agents over here and i'm just one you know where they may have been their top agent at their office or definitely in the top agents you come into this environment and it's like my goodness you know there's a lot of agents that are really good and and really been around the block and so i think that that's energizing to agents and i think they like that and uh uh and so it's 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 exciting to see what's been going on here and uh i hope to keep it up but good, good stuff yeah i mean i i i love working for this company um it's very autopilot you know for a lot of things which makes life easy you know, easier, I should say, because we've got when you're day to day, 
listing and selling houses, there's so many things that you have to do. There's just not enough time, not enough hours in the day. You know, I mean, how many how many nights a week am I still working by nine o'clock? You know, whether it's here or at home doing something, it's just it never stops. So the the support that we get is really good, and uh, other agents are realizing that and coming on over and. Uh, the more the merrier. I think we're a great company and we're big enough and we can handle all the influx of new agents. So, Yeah. Well, exciting times and REMAX results here locally and uh, yep. uh, it's good to see that and uh, I hope it continues. Well, how about those interest rates, Gary? Jim, it's unbelievable. Holy mackerel. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible, you know, and, and you, we've, we've talked about this for many years since you and I started this show and never, I don't think we could have ever predicted what is happening right now uh, in the world of mortgage interest rates, because it's certainly something that you and I have never, we've never, we couldn't have imagined that this was going to happen. I know we predicted that they were going to go up over and over and over again. And really, <laughs> quite frankly, they haven't, they've gone down. Yeah, they have. And, 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 but today, to, today, you know, as of today, you know, you, we get a lot of updates on these things and different companies have different interest rates, different programs, that type of stuff. But on on a thirty year conventional mortgage, Jim, two point seven five oh. I know it. That's a f- fixed interest rate. Uh, a twenty years, two point six two five, and a fifteen years, two point two five oh. VA is two point eight seven five for a thirty year, and FHA. The FHAs are over three percent. They're at uh, running at three point two five oh. Um, but but these mortgage interest rates are so incredible, and uh, um, I don't. I, I, listen, there was an article earlier this week, and they they predict that the uh, these interest rates are are going to um, potentially stay below three percent, and the economists are indicating that they could stay that this low for quite some time in through twenty twenty one. Yeah. It's well, we're in unprecedented water, right? Well, we're in we're in a time period where there's so many things that are going on. Um, it's hard. It, it, it's hard to kind of predict what's going to happen because we're in such an unsettled time, you know, for for just you know the world that we're living in right now. But from a from a business standpoint, you know what we deal with within our you know real estate industry, I think it's really hard to try to predict what's going to happen. You know, and uh, uh, you know, but the fact that these national economists are saying and indicating that, I I think you got to believe them. And I'm not sure what it's going to take to uh, trigger you know a rise in these interest rates. But my gosh, you know everybody that's that's certainly you know in the market to buy a house right now is certainly going to get an unprecedented mortgage interest rate and the refis as well so it's a good time for real estate Jim um, and I hope it continues but uh, uh, just incredible mortgage interest rates yeah we, we finally gave up on trying to predict what was going to happen didn't we <laughs> well I think we did you know we hear <laughs> we hear bits and pieces of it and it and they did start to go up but boy they came crashing down and uh it's uh, it's been uh, and the refi wave that was earlier this year was just incredible. You know, for for the for the, the refinances that were going on for the mortgage loan originators as as we were into you know mid and late January into February. I, I don't know if you remember, but you know, trying to get 
uh, new purchases and, and, and get the processing done, these loan officers were just busy as heck. Right. You know, and, and, and then the COVID hit and people got scattered. And so there, there, there was a backup in the, uh, uh, the system just simply because of the lack of workers. And so, uh, but, but I will say this. All in all, with everything that happened, Jim, and, and all the workers that went down and were displaced and what, what have you, our system, the real estate system, ran pretty smooth. I mean, I think we had a couple little hiccups here and there, but overall, that system really maintained its integrity. And uh, and then, you know, you throw in the mortgage forbearance issue where I mean, there, there was some panic that we were going to go into another housing recession. This banking industry and, and the reforms that took place in 2011, 2012, I think this was a really big test for that, and I think it it really came through quite nicely, and and uh, and so uh, kudos off to everybody involved in that, and uh, uh, it was good to see. I agree with you. Yep. Um, with these low interest rates too, it just is kind of reinvigorated our late summer. Um, if you ask me, I mean, we've been talking about how good this market's been. For some time, and how it's been, you know, reminiscent of the year before, and the year before that, and the year before that, and you know, it's usually around July, August that it kind of slows down a little bit. And I think these these historic drop in rates to where it makes the headlines uh, all across the country. I mean, I saw this everywhere that they drop below three percent. I think that that reinvigorates what's going on in our local market. I'm, I'm sure, sure busy these days. How about you? Well, listen, I've, I'll tell you what. I've, I've become a little bit slow here, uh, which is, you know, in the, in the middle of summer, I guess I'm okay with that. But I haven't, uh, um, you know, my business goes in spurts and ups and downs and stuff yeah. like that. But I know it's been active, and I know that there's a lot of agents out there that are just uh, – very busy you know uh, when you talk to them and, and so uh it's encouraging uh, to see the activity levels but uh, yeah exactly yeah. i'm just You're... a little bit so so if anybody needs any real estate help anybody buying or selling a house let me know i can help you out well give them your I got number some time on my hands perfect timing give them your number gary because we're coming up on a break 218-390-0615 and how about your email address uh, my email is my name. It's gcalliger at gmail.com. There you go. And uh, my phone number is 218-348-7653. And mine is just spell out my name, jimronding at gmail.com. So, all right, Gary. Well, that brings us to our first break. Folks, you are tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Do not touch that dial. We're coming back with some more exciting real estate information right after this first break. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rounding, Gary Callagher from REMAX Results here. Gary, give us your phone number again. Folks, you can reach me at 218-390-0615. And uh, if you don't want to call me, you can text me. There you go. My number is 218-348-7653. Same thing. If you want to text, you can. Um, and, and, you know, Gary, when we talk about texting, isn't it strange how the the mode of communication, especially with our new buyers, has changed, and, and so many sellers too. I find myself texting with people more than emailing or more than phone calling, um, and it's just when you think about it, it's just kind of a strange transition. 
you know, for you and I, old schoolers in real estate, don't you think? Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, it's it's something to where, listen, I've had people text me novels, <laughs> right. questions, and and I'll and I'll look at these text threads. I'm like, I can't possibly respond to this. It's going to take me an hour and a half to read to write. This That's why you have to voice text. <laughs> it's it's and, and and so ultimately, I end up calling them and and uh, and I'll just say to people, I say. It's going to take me too long to res- respond to that. I, I I can't. But listen, these these uh, millennials, Generation X, these these uh, demographic that does this, they do it. They love it. They do it well. And uh, uh, and and I like texting. I mean, I I don't mind texting. I well, think it it's, yep. I think the one thing that you have to be careful of with texting is people interpret. Uh, have an emotional reaction to your text, and and if you write something that they don't think is uh, that they interpreted different than what it was meant, I mean, you can ha- you have some of that that's going on now, which is which is kind of funny because uh, you know I'll, I'll reply to something or, or whatever, and uh, uh, you know somebody will think that I I meant something other than what I meant, and, right. and so you have this emotional reaction to a text, and so. Uh, I think you got to be careful on uh, uh, how you say things via text. To oh yeah, so you, I hear you there. Get, and then they don't when, get upset when you're when you're voice texting. Um, well, the funny you can make mistakes. Let's just put it that way. The voice the voice text is just a wild animal. I I really <laughs> can't do it because have you have you ever seen a voice text? Oh yeah, they're just there. There are so many mistakes. It, mine it is pretty good. It, my mine knows my voice pretty good, and I you have to enunciate a little bit, and and you can usually get it. But you could write a novel in a voice text. I mean, that's how I I just dictate so many things now, rather than like write them down. Like I used to write verses for homes and stuff, and now I go to a voice text and I dictate it into the voice text, and I copy and paste it into the email, and then I'll send it on to the office for input into the MLS. Well, that's a great idea. And it I'm going works. to use that. It's I never so, thought of that. It's so easy. It's so beautiful. But anyway. Hey, give us an update on that camera you bought a couple months ago. How's that <laughs> camera working out? Um, well, it's a little dusty. Um, but um, it works pretty good. <laughs> it does work good. I haven't, Gary, you know, um, the... the um, the programs that populated are a little more difficult. I've had a couple of uh, got a little learning curve issue, and the other thing is, is that I have just been hiring professional photographers, um, just because it's become it's become very reasonable, and um, their whole product just seems to turn out so much better than I could ever produce. So, but the camera itself is, I mean, the way that it can whip around and do those virtual tours is is really awesome, and. And I'm getting much better at it. And I think with the way that COVID is going, is that pretty soon, I, I mean, who knows, you know? I mean, you ever think about this? What's going to happen? Let's say that we get another spike. I mean, are we going to be like Pennsylvania or one of those states where, you know, realtors were not essential enough to be able to go into the houses and show them? There were a couple of states where you couldn't do that. And everything was virtual. Everything was video showings and things of that nature. So, I mean, I'm ready for it. I don't know that it's it's really become a huge necessity here yet. 
But uh, who knows? What do you think? Maybe in two months from now, what do you think our market's going to look like? What's COVID going to look like, do you think? Well, it's really hard to predict. I just I can't even begin to think of what, what's going to happen. But uh, um, I, I hope they, that we don't go into some type of a shutdown. But um, uh, it's, um, it's just... Well, it's just it, one of those unknowns, you know. For for, for the, you know, these viruses supposedly don't live well in the heat and at the middle of summer here in the uh, northern hemisphere. Oh, I haven't and, heard uh, that. Okay. Uh, and so it's it's I, I I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Interesting. I, it's I hope everything will be fine. But if it if it is, we're just going to all have to deal with it and get through it. And that's you know I don't know what else we can do. You know I think it's it's it's. Um, um, you know, just something we're all going to have to deal with. Well, let's, uh, talking happen, about COVID, so now there's, um, in Duluth, masks are going to be required. Um, when, yep. I don't know when that's starting. Um, it was immediate. They okay. quoted it in, uh, last Monday, and it started immediately the next day. And, uh, um, yeah, so if you go into these public spaces and convenience stores and what have you, you have to wear masks. Um and um, but I didn't hear anything about the real estate community. I mean, I've I've been on some showings this past week, and and I've I've you know I've got a, a not a mask but a buff and uh, everything, but shoes and gloves and all that stuff. And I uh, I there's times when you're in a house and you're talking to people, you can't do it. And I'll just say to the people, hey, do you mind if I take my mask off here or my buff down so I can talk? And we can. And everybody seems to be really fine with it. I think everybody is very understanding, but. Um, yeah, just have to deal with it. Yep. Well, I, I think so in Duluth, it's it's happening for sure. <clears throat> um, in Superior, it seems like it's going to happen for sure. I um, They gave tentative approval. Superior City Council gave tentative approval requiring city residents to wear face coverings um, on, on the 13th of July. I don't know what tentative means, but um, I think even if they didn't do it, all of the big businesses now seem to be requiring masks. I know that that I, I think I heard this morning that Target is starting on August first. Um, the grocery stores, the local grocery stores, are, are doing it now. Um, Menards is like was like the first one out of the gate, I think, requiring masks. Um, so I, I think even if the city of Superior and city of Duluth didn't enact it themselves, I think a lot of independent and very large businesses would have required it regardless. Um, so, and, and where we're at right now, I don't know. I can't really argue that it's probably not a bad thing. I know that a lot of people don't like, I don't like the masks. I feel like I'm suffocating. I just, it's really weird, but, um, apparently you get used to it. I've been wearing them for a while and I, I still have yet to get quote unquote used to it. Maybe I haven't found a comfortable one yet, but I think it's something that we're all going to have to learn to live with whether, what side of the fence you're on or not. Right. Well, uh, like I say, we're going into showings, and uh, uh, you know, you've got them with you. If we if we need them, we have them, and we deal with it. And um, but I think I think the, the the bigger issue, you know, when you're dealing with being careful about being in people's houses, uh, not necessarily are the mask, you know, mask and covering your face. But I I think it's things like um, bringing an extra pair of shoes because. You know, you're in somebody's house, and if you take your shoes off and, and you've got your socks and you're walking on the carpet, I mean, you pick up things, you leave things, you know, it just it trans stuff transmits that way. And it's the same thing with your with your hands, you know. 
uh, you know, if you're touching light switches or you're touching countertop surfaces or door handles or, or, or what have you, I think that those are really some of the things to be very careful about. Uh, you know, you know, bringing like I said, I've got latex rubber gloves and I've got an extra pair of uh, shoes that I sanitize for every house that I go in. I, I mean, I wipe the bottoms of them off. And so I think those types of things are, are important for people to, 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 to remember as well. And uh, uh, I know people feel uh, there's a lot of people about their houses that are just still, I think, a little bit apprehensive about, you know, I got to sell my house, but I don't like people coming in here. Right. And, yep. and they're just really, really on edge about it still. And so uh, I think we just have to be respectful of everybody's space, and uh, uh, hopefully this all goes away soon, and we don't have to deal with it anymore. But uh, definitely going to be a year that we're not going to forget for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to go away soon, but I think eventually it will. But uh, we definitely, yeah, it's it's very, 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 very strange world still. Um, but I think that it's common courtesy, especially when we are listing and showing houses to wear a mask um at the minimum i also have gloves in my car i didn't think about the new shoe thing um i mean the clean shoes thing i I just always go in my socks i didn't realize what what you could gather in on your socks or what you could bring in from your socks but uh, i think that the the mask is at minimum a respect call you know um for sellers um, and buyers alike, you know. Um, so, very interesting Anyways, time. Another, another big issue, Jim, that seems to be, uh, you know, being talked about here recently are rentals. Uh, you know, and especially college rentals. I think one of the things that you know some of the the investors, the landlords are, are starting to get concerned about is is that if if the colleges don't open up and have they're going to go to online classes, what is that going to do for their rentals? And a lot of the local uh, student rental landlords, I mean, they've signed their leases. They sign those things back, at the, you know, as it, once you get past the first of the year. So a lot of these leases were in place as you got into February and right. uh, anticipation of everything. And, and you know, a, a couple of the investors that I work with, um, you know, they're holding off on looking at buying new stuff until this um, this shakes itself out because – if there's a, a mass exodus of people not coming back to the colleges and, uh, you know, they, they're not going to be renting, you know, what's what's going to happen? I mean, that has a huge potential to have a huge domino effect here. And so, uh, you know, we'll just have to watch and, and see what happens this year to uh, uh, the local, especially the, the college rentals, Jim, uh, how that's going to affect them if people start, you know, uh, you know, not paying the rent. You remember, we had the not paying the rent. You're not right. required yeah. to pay it because of this. And so, I think there's a lot of stuff that could go on here um, that affects the, the um, uh, residential income market. And uh, uh, you know, we'll be paying attention to that over the next you know couple of months, especially as school starts to ramp up and what happens with that, because that could have a huge impact on. Um, uh, you know the people that do this for a living. Right, exactly. I think you know the uh, the rental market. I know Ryan um, from my team here. He has a, had a listing. It's already sold. I, I think it would be about Fifteenth uh, Avenue East in Jefferson, Sixteenth Avenue East in Jefferson. So that would still be considered right by you know UW, UMD, and uh, 
it was it was college student rented, and they cleaned up the property after they their lease was up, and he put it on the market here a couple weeks ago, maybe ten days ago. Multiple offers sold over over full price in just a couple of days, and I believe they're going to continue to use it as rental income property. So I must say that there are still some landlords that are confident, but I see what you're saying completely. You know, I mean, what are you going to do if you're you're your child's enrolled at UMD, or you're 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 a student at UMD. You've got a lease. You're paying you know money to uh, go to school, and you can't. It's all online, which you could do from you know you're a millennial. You you you'd be happy living at home with your parents, so you could do that all from your house. I think that's going to be a huge a huge impact. Um, and I also think the other thing that's going to be a huge impact that I really don't know what's going to happen with it but it's interesting to see is the end of july is coming up right gary and you know what stops at the end of july the unemployment yes the extra 600 bucks a week so there's been a lot of people that have been reluctant to go back to work because they're doing so well on the the unemployment and it doesn't i haven't seen anything where they're going to extend it um wow anyway i think there's going to be a lot of changes coming up uh, this fall that we're all going to have to deal with. And one more thing on the on the on the subject of colleges. Did I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I heard on the news that Harvard is is already suspended all of their classes and they're going to a pure online format. Now, Gary, are you going to send one of your sons to Harvard? Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Guess how much tuition is for a year at Harvard. I think it was last I heard it was around seventy grand, seventy thousand dollars. Yep, yep. The base, base, base um, tuition that must be for a light class schedule. I think was forty nine thousand dollars. So they're going to all online, and that you know I, I suppose it depends on your workload, right? They're going to all online. Guess what the discounted price is? No idea. Well, in that particular instance, forty nine thousand dollars. They're not discounting it one red cent. So that, to me, is interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, my son goes to the University of Minnesota. Uh, he's in the architecture department. We have been down there and picked him up and, and gone to lunch and see where he works and all this kind of stuff. And there's a lot. There's thousands and thousands of students at the University of Minnesota. But, like, in his department, it just seems like it's very sparse all the time. There's a lot of room. There's a lot of big projects that they're working on, so there's a lot of room. I just wonder if colleges couldn't socially distance a little bit more than, like, say, your your high schools or your um, middle schools, because I think they can. They have so much more room, so many more buildings. They're not all crammed in there. But who knows what's going to happen this fall. Well, it's going to be, you know, if we get a, if we get these uh, spikes and it starts ravaging these dormitories, um, wow, you're going to see a mass exodus of, of uh, yeah. the dormitories, and, uh, and 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 hopefully this doesn't happen, but but yeah, it's, it's certainly good. And how, hey Gary, let me ask you one question before we break here: How comfortable would you be if you chose teaching as a profession, and let's say you're in your thirtieth year of teaching, you're eligible for retirement? How would you think about going back to teach grade school this fall? Well, 
Uh, Jim, I've talked to you about this before, and I'm. And one of the things that we don't talk about enough in, in this world of pandemic is our immune systems. Right. And so I'm a very big person of, about that. I take a, a number of supplements. I really personally wouldn't have an issue with it because I feel that I'm, I'm covered. I, oh, I don't. Good. I'm a guy that doesn't take vaccines, and I don't do that. And uh, uh, and so I'm not. I'm not necessarily as worried about it as a lot of people. I respect it, and I respect people's yeah. opinions on it. But I'm. I'm comfortable and confident in my immune system that I'm going to be able to handle whatever well, is that's thrown at me out there as long as my uh, my immune system is in that seems shape. to be the I think it is that's the biggest hot topic there is out in the country right now if you ask me so all right Gary we gotta take a break here folks you're tuned in the Twin Ports Real Estate Show we'll be right back welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results if you want to reach me, folks, my phone number is 218-348-7653. And Gary, let's give your number up. Folks, you can reach me at 218-390-0615. There you go. All right, so we were talking about schools going back, and I just, um, at first when they were saying, you know, maybe there's not going to, it's not a good idea to have schools, I was thinking, what? Come on. But then I was thinking about the teachers from the teacher standpoint, because I do kind of think that COVID will run through kids, you know, kind of like wildfire and maybe largely unaffected. I'm not sure. But, man, if I you were saying that you'd be fine with it. If I was a teacher, I'm not so sure. Um, I've just been reading some really, really, really bad reactions lately to the COVID and what's going on with some a lot of young people. And it's really getting it's gotten my attention um, more so lately than it has before. I don't know. That's going to be a kind of a slippery slope, I think. And there's strong opinions on it both ways. So yeah. All right. So well, let's I hope talk about. Well, everybody's fine and we're good, and, and yeah. I'll get through it, and uh, it goes yep. away someday. All right. Let's move on to an interesting real estate subject. So we were talking about. We've been talking about lateral lines um, in Duluth area, Proctor, some of the other um, communities, and you know that people have to get their lateral lines checked. And even though they don't have to get them checked on the Wisconsin side, there are a lot of them that are having a lateral line check with a home inspection as well. So let's get into that, Gary. You said that you've had some instances where, you know, there's been some issues. Well, you know, Jim, earlier this year in February, the Western Light Superior Sanitary District, or WLSSD for short, um, has char- has given... Uh, uh, required the municipalities that are hooked up to their system to provide an annual uh, accounting of properties that are um, uh, hooked up to the system and, and to determine whether or not there's any, it's part of the, what we call the inflow and infiltration uh, with uh, their their water getting into the sanitary sewer system and to try to eliminate as much uh, uh, of, of the, the um, groundwater, the house water getting into that as, as possible. And so, uh, the, you know, with the sump pump, we've been dealing with the sump pump for t- t- 10, 15 years, however long. It's, it's kind of the norm with us where when we sell a house, we have to, ha- in the city of Duluth, we have to have uh, uh, the uh, local person from the um, uh, I&I department uh, come out and see if, if it has a sump pump, to just look at it, make sure it's working right. And if it doesn't, inspect it to see if they have water that's contributing to the sanitary sewer system. And if right. it is, they have to stop that and they have to put a sump pump in. But there's a new p- part of this, a new 
branch or leg or whatever that you want to call it that has come up. And that is the sewer lateral line that goes from the house to the city sewer line. And a lot of the municipalities that are connected to the WLSSD, they have to, um, you know, start inspecting these lateral lines to see if they're contributing to that system. And although it's it, uh, Proctor is the only municipality that I'm aware of at this point that is mandating the inspections. And so what we have to do is if we sell a house in Proctor or list a house in Proctor, we have to have the discussion with sellers and let them know if they're not aware of that, that that's going to be part of the, the, the process. Uh, and if we have a buyer that's buying a house up there, um, you know, we have to just let them know that as part of the, the process, you know, we're going to have to make sure that that sewer lateral line has been inspected. And what they do is they, they hire somebody, they bring their camera system out and uh, they run it through the um, lateral line to see if it's uh, the clay tiles, if there's tree roots, if there's any um, water that's going into the sanitary sewer and they just, they give it an inspection. And then they, the cameras, they actually record this stuff. And then when they're done with the inspection, they, uh, the um, recording, the video goes over to the city, in this case, Proctor, we're talking about, uh, and then the Proctor, the, the city engineers, or the people that are, are, you know, overseeing this, they look at the, the video and they determine whether or not it, it's okay or if it has to be upgraded. And in Proctor recently, Jim, I've had a couple instances where, you know, the camera showed everything was okay. No tree roots, you could see that it was clay, you know, and, and, and things were functioning uh, well, but but when the video was sent over to the the city, the city came back and they said, "Nah, you know it's clay tiles, it's old. You know we're going to require that it be fixed." And so you know it, it's it, you know it takes a little bit longer with the inspection, you know, and so we had negotiated all the inspection stuff and everything was good. And in this one particular case, you know, when these inspectors go out there with the cameras, if if there's what they call a J trap. Yep. in yep. the house and they can't get the camera through uh, to go out into the lateral line, guess what? You have to hire somebody to remove the J-trap. Right. And so, and this, and, and, and the one I'm dealing with here now, the J-trap had to remove, but be removed and, and you got to get a plumber in there to do that. And I think, I think it was like $1,500, $1,600 just to remove the trap. And, and then they have to get the inspector out there and they do the camera in it. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and now in this particular case, the line has to be upgraded. So you got these poor sellers that are, you know, they had to pay to have this J-trap removed. We negotiated some inspection stuff and the sellers have been really great, uh, just really good, you know. And, uh, but then, you know, earlier this week we heard about this and it's like, man. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then the city of Proctor, you know, there's clay... Uh, uh, line the lateral it's clay tile going out to the the street and the city of Proctor doesn't want the street dug up for this stuff and if they ever come along and, and dig up the street they'll they'll replace it so you can only replace a portion of the lateral line and this in this particular case I'm dealing with and uh, uh, you know and so you got to go in and dig up the yard and, and replace all this stuff and in in this particular case we have a closing in about three weeks and so People have to be aware of this, Jim. I mean, and we as agents, I think, I think the the uh, the burden is on us to let people know. When, if we're listing a house in in these communities, and, and we're dealing with Proctor, uh, Cloquet, 
uh, Esco, Knife River, all of these communities that are, are connected to the uh, WLSSD, you know, we're dealing with it. Duluth doesn't have a mandate to where it's what we call a point of sale, where you have to do it as part of the sale. Duluth is a little bit different to where they're taking uh, targeted areas every year and they're inspecting them in terms of like mm-hmm. uh, that area that they're using. And so this year they had Lower Park Point and uh, Lower Lakeside, I think from on 40th Avenue East in that area. But it, it's it's something that, that's just put a whole new curveball into our business, but it's really critically important, especially with sellers, Jim, if we're listing properties um, in these these locations we have to have this conversation with our sellers if you're thinking about listing or they're inviting you out to do a market analysis you we have to let them know right away because it, it's it's a lot of money and this this could end up being you know several thousand dollars worth of repairs mm-hmm. let alone digging up your yard and having to like you know redo it and all that type of stuff so uh you know and then buyers like for example if you're buying a house in duluth and it's not in a targeted area you know, are you going to advise your buyer to get the lateral line inspected? Because at some point over the, the next seven years, the city of Duluth is going to come to that that house and inspect it. And so, uh, you know, it's just a, another layer of, um, uh, of stuff that we have to deal with and let people know. You know, yeah, so exactly. it's a pretty, pretty big deal. And Hermantown is, is certainly involved in this, too. And and uh, you know, so as we as we ramp up and, and deal with with these lateral lines, uh, I think more and more communities are going to get. A lot of them don't have their, uh, you know, their their policy on this yet, and and so I think within the next, as we get into the first of the year, I think you're going to see most of these communities are going to have their particular policies in place as to what they're going to require. And so you know, this just happened this past February. And so I think everybody's still kind of trying to figure out, you know, all right, what's our policy in our community? What's Cloquet is going to be? What's Hermantown's going to be? What's Pro- we know what Proctor is. We know what Duluth is. But Esco and Knife River and all these other communities, what are their policies going to be? And I don't think we know that yet. And so uh, trying to figure it out is um, uh, I think the important thing is, is that we call the, the locality that, you know, that we're dealing with. If it's, say, Hermantown, for example, or Cloquet, we try to get a hold of somebody and say, hey, where, where are we at with this? But in the meantime, if I'm dealing with a buyer and I'm going into Hermantown and they don't have a policy established yet, I'm still recommending that they get the lateral line camera. Right. Yeah. Because it's at, at some point, whether it's next year or whatever, it's going to happen. And do they want to deal with that? Yeah, it's going to uh, be at, uh, at that point in time. So I yeah. think it's it's it's. It's just uh, something we're going to we're all dealing with and we're going to have to continue to deal with this over the next few years. All right, Gary, perfect timing. We're coming up on our last break here. So, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back to wrap this show up right after this. Hey, welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. So, Gary and I were talking off air here, and funny, he said, did I really talk that whole segment? And I said, yeah, I let you. I ordered lunch online. <laughs> anyway, we're pre-recording on Friday. Gary, I had a I had a tragedy. I mean, when... When we have inventory that's as old as the inventory that we have in Duluth and Superior, I had one where we had uh, on a home inspection just a little bit of uh, water around where the water line came into the house from the street. Um, didn't 
the inspector didn't think too much of it. And uh, we had a plumber over there. They looked at it. They thought it was a, a, a leaky valve. They tightened that, still leaked. Turns out that the water line was compromised. So the seller had to hire a plumber to um, replace the water line to the tune of, I think, about $7,000. And, oh. yeah, I mean, so that's something that, I mean, I've been doing this for 35 years that's the first time I've ever seen a water line in the city um, have to be replaced. I know it happens, but it's the first time I've run into it. Uh, and, you know, so these old infrastructures that we are living with are getting older and older and older, and stuff happens. Um, and the interesting thing is, before we put this guy's house on the market, there was no such leak down by the water line um it did literally according to him just he just noticed it a few days i think before the inspection so it's crazy i mean things can be on the verge of needing to have major repair it's it's a timing thing so when you buy these old houses that's the conversation that i have as well it's like yeah you know what everything's good on your inspection now but these are old places and just expect things to go wrong because it'll happen what are your thoughts well, I think that's a really good point. I mean, these the the age of the housing stock that we have here in the Twin Ports is just old. I mean, it's it. Uh, I forget the number, but I think it's like sixty three percent of the houses are built prior to nineteen thirty nine. Right. And so you know, when when we're dealing with these things and, and selling them and showing to people, I mean, there's things that we have to look at, and some things we can't see. I mean, you can't see an underground water line. No, you can't. You know, you can't. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's you can't see an underlying, uh, an, an underground sewer line. I mean, we can look at them, but but some of these old cast sewer lines. I mean, uh, they're in walls. They're all buried, and it's very difficult to to determine you know what condition they're in. Yeah. Um, and so you know, there are times when people buy these houses. They they're as diligent as they can be in their inspections, and by golly, they get in them and. Uh, uh, you know, something happens. They have a sewer backup, and, and uh, yeah. you know, and it's just hard to tell and foresee that stuff. So, all right, Gary, um, we're, we're right up on the edge. So, you got to give your phone number out one more time. Folks, you can reach me at 218 390 And my number is 218 348 And uh, Gary and I want to thank you, obviously, for listening to our show. We've been on for more than 10 years now, right, Gary? Uh, 2008. 2008, 12 years. It's unbelievable that we're still doing this. But anyway, um, we appreciate it. It's because of listeners like you. So thank you very much for everybody uh, listening to us. And uh, we'll be back next week with more real estate information right here on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Thank you for listening.